All right, welcome to a special edition of the Security Week podcast. My name is Ryan Narayan, Editor-at-Large at Security Week, and I have a special guest today to kind of hop on and give us some context to a big news story that we just posted around this uh, uh, U.S. joint advisory on an APT actor hitting ICS SCADA installation. My guest is Sergio Caltagironi, VP of Threat Intelligence at Dragos Inc. Uh, Sergio, why this advisory? Why are we seeing this sudden advisory from the U.S. government, joint advisory from the U.S. government with this warning? Yeah, so there's been uh, the identification of a significant uh, advancement in the ability to attack uh, industrial control systems. And those are the systems and computers that operate and manage uh, critical industrial environments like clean water, wastewater, uh, food production, energy, oil and gas, and so forth that we all rely on da- on a daily basis, what we call the hidden computers that run our world. Um, and we have this new piece of malware that we call Pipe Dream. Uh, and it, it contains the most expansive set of attacks um, against those industrial environments that, that anyone has ever seen. Not only that, but the number of ways that this can attack these environments um, makes it so that they can operate in almost any um, industrial environment worldwide. You call it a piece of malware, but I, I was reading the advisory and I read your blog post as well. It seems like it's almost like a metasploit, like a whole custom tool set capable of doing a variety of different things rather than a, you know, just a customized piece of malware. Am I getting it right? You, you are right. I think the challenge, though, is thinking that um, uh, of a piece of, uh, of, a, of a toolkit, of an ICS toolkit is only one and one thing only that you would need. You would actually need multiple of these capabilities inside this toolkit to conduct destructive or disruptive effects in an industrial environment. And in our blog post, we outline several scenarios where multiple of these these capabilities would be brought together to do it. So yeah, it's like a toolkit, but in a way, um, it's it's a method of con- of of ultimately conducting these types of effects on these environments. And just to be clear, this is very ICS specific malware. Very rare thing that we we we've seen in this industry. Help me put put into context what this discovery means in the grand scheme of things. So there's only been seven known ICS-specific pieces of malware uh, that have been identified by the community. And this is only the fifth of those um, that specifically has the capability to disrupt or even potentially destroy industrial environments, which could lead to uh, significant effects like loss of life um, or significant damage to um, uh, the environment. I noticed you mentioned it has the capabilities to. Have we seen it actually being used in the wild or in actual live attacks? At this moment, we have a high level of confidence that this uh, that PipeDream has not been deployed for disruptive or destructive um, events yet. But that's the reason for this is that it is so important. It is so, you know, it is so large and 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 effective um, that we feel that you know every all of the parties who have been, who have been involved here feel the need that. We need to let people know. Otherwise, um, you know, there could be potential uh, issues if we were to allow this to go on without asset owners understanding what they needed to do. It's also very uh, noticeable that the U.S. government said that, that certain APT actors have exhibited this capability. Do we know, know who the APT actors are or the profile of the APT actor? Um, so the APT actor that we've named for the development uh, and potential operation of this tool is called Chervanite, and it's the first time it's being 
described um, in public. Um, but fundamentally, this toolkit is not cannot be used in and of itself. There has to be some sort of access operations or infiltration of an industrial environment for it to be used. In most cases, what we see is multiple act activity groups or adversaries working together to conduct these types of attacks on industrial environments. And those groups can work together in different ways. So yes, we, we know of several groups, um, Dragos knows of 19 in particular, um, who focus on the access or infiltration of industrial control networks, which then this tool could be used within. So yes, the answer is we know of many groups which could work together to conduct these types of operations. Is it a very safe assumption that this advisory issue today at this level uh, has nation-state implications? Absolutely. Um, it's very clear that there's been a significant amount of uh, development and thought and research placed into this capability. It's not something that could be done in a, in a very quick manner. Um, it also kind of ties things together in a way we've never seen before. So in that way, there has been a lot of thought. And, and most of the time at this level of capability, there are only um, a handful of, of operators and, and developers in the world uh, who would have the time and experience uh, to build something like this. I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, but is there any connection at all to what the wipers and some of the activity we've seen connected to the Russian invasion in Ukraine? Uh, at this moment, no. There, we know of no uh, direct intelligence link between that, um, those types of uh, operations that have been described in this tool set. Schneider Electric PLCs, Omron Sysmac Next PLCs, and UPC US servers have been identified. Help me understand what that really means and what it, why is it, what's the significance of that? Of course. So there's a couple of things hidden in this in this blog post in this paper. Um, the first is that yes, we have seen specific there is specific targeting of Omron and Schneider Electric PLCs. What's a PLC? It's the computer that runs the industrial equipment, right? It provides the, the logic of how fast something goes or how big something gets or things like that. Um, so obviously, if you attack or modify those, you can have a dramatic effect on what's happening inside of an industrial environment. But more important to that, um, the way that they are attacking these um, uh, logic controllers is are in methods that could be used across hundreds of other vendors. We've identified more than 200 other vendors who produce industrial logic controllers that potentially this tool could be used against. In addition to that, OPC UA is a newer version of an older protocol, OPC DA, um, which was used throughout the industrial environments. Um, and this is basically now a ubiquitous protocol. So OPC UA is basically the, the vendor independent glue that allows multiple types of technology to interoperate within industrial environments. So by attacking that, by providing capabilities against that protocol, you can affect almost every type of industrial equipment. One thing I noticed in the in in the joint advisory from the U.S. government is the absence of IOCs, uh, and but they did they did put a they did publish a lot of mitigation guidance, hardening guidance around MFA usage and so on. If 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 I'm running a PLC installation or I I have a, a SCADA ICS installation somewhere running the, one of these vulnerable PLCs, how can I look for signs that I may have already been targeted with this? That's a great question. Unfortunately, most of the cybersecurity community has been trained that IOCs are the way you hunt. Um, it is not a, a very effective method. It can be useful. It is one. It is one useful it is, method, though. 
it is one useful method. But the problem with it is that when you have intelligence, what we call left of boom, meaning prior to something's um, being used in the environment, you don't have IOCs. IOCs are in indicators of compromise. Um, they come from an adversarial's operations. So prior to operations, you don't get IOCs, which is exactly what this, this is. So in that case, you have to use behavioral and you have to use behavioral indicators to identify what's going on. Now, a couple of things you would look for in this if this toolkit were being used. One, if you have multiple failures of logic controllers that are outside their mean time to failure, so outside their expected failure time, um, this could be a potential cause of that. Um, another is if you have traffic or communications, both uh, throughout what we call north and south communications inside of an industrial environment or east and west that is unexpected. So those are between different industrial processes or environments. The other thing, though, that this tool is just insidious about is that for many years, we have trained and developed industrial controlled networks to develop and implement DMZs within it to obviously segment industrial systems from potential threats. That's a great thing. The problem with it is that one of the capabilities of the many capabilities of this tool set are that it leverages the programmable logic controllers against those industrial controllers to, net, to be network proxies within the industrial environment. And so they can basically cross every DMZ using this toolkit once they're inside your environment. This obviously places a huge burden on defenders then to look not only just at perimeter traffic, but inside of the actual operations and what's going on between devices. And so from that perspective, those would be the types of things we would recommend looking for. Any specific recommendations and mitigation guidance? I noticed the US government talked about implementing multi-factor authentication, proper password hygiene, and some additional things. From your side, what are some of the top three, four things that a defender at an ICS skater installation can you know, immediately try to implement? Of course, yeah. So the first is they, we have to have internal uh, detection, um, internal logging. Uh, most industrial environments are only doing perimeter detection or perimeter logging. So you will completely miss this capability once inside your, once it's inside your environment. Um, another thing is to strengthen your authentication in your devices um, and across your devices. Now, the problem with that, though, is that one of the things this capability has are multiple ways of breaking um, controller authentication uh, schemes forcing breakages inside the industrial environment. So strengthening your authentication is good, but again, this is a historic tool set that also breaks that mitigation. Um, and I think that the third thing you've got, we have to do, um, and that an asset owner should do, is to fundamentally um, have a mitigation plan in place. Um, most of the time, uh, so one of the ways we've seen this, this tool set potentially be used in a massive scenario is that it could take down a, a fairly large or significant number of industrial controllers inside of an environment. In those cases that you have that, do you have the, the sufficient stock to rebuild your industrial environment? So it's great that we want to protect environments from going down, but a big question then becomes how do you recover once it gets taken down? Unfortunately, one of the ways this toolkit works is that it bricks industrial controllers so that they actually have to be sent back to the manufacturer to be used, used again. The question is, if you had 20% of your industrial controllers get bricked in your industrial environment, 
how long and what does your supply chain look like to maybe recover off 20% of the failure of your devices. And the fact is that most owner operators, that could take weeks, months, or even longer to recover. So those are the types of things that we're talking about with regards to this absolutely massive tool set. Thank you very much, Sergio. Appreciate the time and, and uh, appreciate you sharing your expertise with us. Thank you for having me.